Welcome to Bonehead. It's our Halloween episode. Uh, it looks you kind of sound like you're making love to a vacuum cleaner. Well, who doesn't make love to a vacuum cleaner? Hey, James, I can't help but notice your crotch is a dead zone. <laughs> Just ask your mother. She'll tell you. I'm just going to say it. I, I'm breaking the fourth wall. You bro took my joke. Yeah, I did. I did. You should have never said it. <laughs> you Robin I Williams totally my joke. I, I was about to say a Merton. A Merton Bill. Merton Bill. <laughs> Milton Burl. Milton Burl's your joke. <laughs> yes, I did. I prefer Cap Calloway. So do you like the dead zone? I do like the dead zone. I do, too. I love that well, Anthony Michael yeah, Hall Anthony show. Michael Hall's a dreamboat. Oh, my God, God he's amazing. Christopher so Walken sucked. Did you ever see that POS directed by David Cronenberg called The Dead Zone? No, I refuse to watch it. What's on your head? A little fedora. That's not a fedora. It's a sombrero. Oh, I'm sorry. It's you, a sombrero. You know nothing about haberdashery. It's art, a sombrero. So. Aye, aye, aye. Well, what's on Spot's head? Look like a gremlin. I don't know. My head itches. Anyway... Here's for the big reveal. Welcome Holy. to Bonehead. Holy. I lost some face hair. That rabbit ferret with deep-seated mother issues <laughs> left your face. What happened? <laughs> it's, hold on. We'll use the same excuse they used on Star Trek for Spock's ears. He got caught in a rice picker. <laughs> that's the worst line really? ever. That's a that's a great line, but it doesn't make any sense. Is that what episode is that on? Uh, that is. Watch this. He'll be able to tell you. Is it City on the Edge of Forever? I believe it's City on the Edge of Forever. Oh yeah, I guess it is. Because it's I'm what, what, I'm, so Harlan might have wrote that yeah. line. Yeah. Harlan I can't Elton. feel my chin because of the strap of that hat. I can't feel my face when I'm with you. That's Just... a top forty hit, kid. See, I'm relevant. <laughs> <laughs> But I love it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Joe knows that I'm sorry, it's no longer relevant. Alright. Anyway, let's go ahead and get started. So the to address the elephant in the room. James, you've been getting fat. <laughs> I have been. I have been. I I've been eating a lot more than I used to. It's uh, it's stress eating really. Really? Uh I'll... yeah, see I eat because I'm fat and I'm fat because I eat. It's a vicious cycle. Holy crap, you shaved yours you're growing one. I don't mean to. There's a backstory of mine, but I'll tell you later. What is it? Did you break your razor? Joe figured out the backstory <laughs> on why I haven't shaved. I came back from vacation and uh, my wife said, I put your razor up. I said, where? It's up. Oh, this up thing you've talked about like a dozen times. Yeah. I'll put it up. Well, where's up? Had up, such the I happiest see. beginning in any movie history. Oh, God. <laughs> up. The love story for ages. Anyway, the reason my face... That's a hard, horrible thing to say about a man and a little boy. Up, really? Yeah, I don't know what you're you talking. You keep your Nambla nonsense away from Pixar. I would never ever make that joke. By the way, who's up for watching Lolita after this? <laughs> Classy. Which mm, version? All Rick, of Rick them. Mason First or Jeremy Irons? I only believe in the Richard, one. I said Rick Mason. You said Rick Mason. I, I only believe in the one true Lolita, the Long Island Lolita, the Amy Fisher story. Look at which up. version? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. I the am, one where I play all the parts. <laughs> we are taping this. We are three weeks early. This is our Halloween episode. We're taping this on Friday the 13th, which is amazing. Haley has done a great job. Uh, <laughs> the shit just fell off something over here on fire. It's okay. We're good. So Haley's done a great job of decorating around here. Doesn't it look awesome? It looks like it's Halloween. Yes. Yes. It does. All right. It looks way more like a Halloween. I am. I, I had a son. Well, I didn't, but a lady I knocked up had a son, and supposedly he's mine. 
So I'm taking off paternity leave, and I hadn't actually seen my face in 10 years. I have not been clean shaven in 10 what years. a good decade that would be. Yes. Yeah. That Not seeing my face? Yeah. That the was, other uh, two of my best friends sitting here haven't seen my face in that long either. Actually, Chad thought it was in 2000. Yeah. Chad thought it had been 17 years. No, but you did it when you worked in Hagen, right? Hagen, yeah, yeah. I was in, yeah. yeah. So no shave November. No shave November. So I'm taking several weeks off, and I'm not... Well, don't you get the best friend to point your kid's ass. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to shave, I shave my face, and I'm not, I'm not going to... <laughs> Nobody gives a shit. Somebody... Well, it. Hey, <laughs> somebody was on time today. Boom! <laughs> your penis? Yes. Oh, well, good. I thought it came 30 minutes it. before I got here. <laughs> what? I got it. I got it. Did you hear what he said? No. He said he thought it came early. Uh, that's what oh. I keep hearing from your wife. Oh. Anyway. Drink so I'm not cutting. I assume she's talking to me. There's a lot of other guys. I shaved there. once. I'm not shaving again. I'm not cutting my hair. There we go. All right. We're done. So what is the topic of today's episode? It's actually a fan request episode. Yeah. I want to give a shout out to James's girlfriend, Miranda. Oh. What? I see. I wanna, that was a very I, deep and no, romantic I, sigh. No, I want to call Are out. Are you wistful for no, Miranda? No, no, I want to call Miranda. out Miranda. I want to call out some other things, but I'm not going to do that to you because I respect you so much. And given what I've already said about him, that shows that I'm all. Are you bad. talking about certain stalkers? <laughs> I'm talking about all your stalkers. All right. So yes, we we. They just want to wear a skin <laughs> and drink my drinks. So anyway, moving right along. <laughs> he said it. He did not. You said it. You said I it. I told a joke. <laughs> nope. Nope. <laughs> they can use it when they do camping in the town. <laughs> <laughs> so we're off the rails. You know why I do this show? Respect. <laughs> Fortune and glory, kid. Fortune and glory. It's the same Here reason I go to work. How anyway. are we? We don't even know. We all, haven't even. Thank so, you to all of our fans, even even the one, even the crazy five, ones. Four and a half minutes, yeah, and we have not even. Even the crazy the ones is still my drinks. So this was a re fan request to one of our really loyal fans, Miranda, out yes. there. All jokes aside, so this is for you. We're gonna do Halloween on. Friday, Friday 13th. But Four the, hour Halloween episode. episode. That's so confusing. Is so, that meta? On Halloween, do we have to talk about Friday the 13th, or can we talk about the Saturday the 14th film? No, on mm -hmm. Halloween, we're talking about the uh, Santa Claus, the movie. Really? With Dudley, Dudley Moore? Dudley Moore. Moore. Dudley, <laughs> yeah. I was going to say Dudley Moore. And David Hiddleston. Uh, is he the one who plays Santa? Yes. Uh, David who? Hiddleston. You'll know him from Blazing Saddles and The Big Lebowski. He was... The Big, Big Lebowski. Lebowski. Who who plays Santa in uh, Ernest Saves Christmas? That one dude. Oh man. Which 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 version of Santa? Fishus. Oh, I'm going to punch you in the Goram throat. Fivish Finkel. Are you going to say Fivish Finkel? Fivish Finkel. I couldn't think of his name. Oh right. my god. I preferred the sequel. Six All right. Finkel. So we have tons of Halloween movies. Should yes. we get started? Sure. Well, let's let's talk. Um, this was something I thought about today, Did and I wanted your opinions on it. So. The modern horror movie characters. Yes. They're kind of, they are the modern day version. You mean like the Universal Monsters. They're the, they're the Universal Monsters. And I was thinking about this because Mike Myers. Let's think, let's talk about this. Michael Myers, not Mike Myers. Whatever. We'll Freddy, get confused. Freddy Krueger. Shagadelic, baby. You know, Freddy Krueger. <laughs> With a knife. <laughs> Freddy Krueger, he closely resembles Dracula. Yeah. Frankenstein, Jason Voorhees, sort of. Uh, these are all a stretch. Yeah. Well, no, no, I get what you're the saying. Mummy I, would be Jason, the, the Mummy would be Pinhead. 
Jason is your force of nature, but yeah. silent. Yes, yes. Uh, I, I Leatherface, I compare to the Wolfman because he's just face here. Just natural, you know, a, a fear, a natural anger, murder with no explanation. He's yeah, just, I guess. I don't but where does Mike Myers fit into this? The is he the creature from the Black Lagoon? No, I would say he's the Invisible Man. How is he the Invisible Man? Because the Invisible because. Man starts sane and, be and goes insane because he's invisible. But the, no, the, the flip well, side of that is how often is Mike Myers perfectly visible? I mean, we see him standing at the edge of a hedgerow and then he's gone. I don't know. I, I'll agree that during the time when we were kids, this was our Universal Monsters. Yeah, these were our Universal Monsters. These were our Universal Monsters. So that was Except a reason. Except for me, that my Universal Monsters were the Universal Monsters because my father said modern horror sucked. Anyway, moving right along. But no, I just I, we don't doubt it. I dude. thought about that today. I could not figure out where Mike My, Michael Myers fits into Oddly that enough, category. So, so not to make any of our fans mad, but I always love Nightmare on M Street. That of course, Freddy was always interesting, even in the crappier ones. The yeah. character is always interesting. Um, I enjoyed the Halloween films when I was a child. I still enjoy a couple of them now. Mm -hmm. I, I never cared for Friday the Thirteenth, even as a kid, that much. Mm -hmm. Sorry. Actually, my favorite one of those is Freddy versus Jason, followed by Jason Ten. Yeah, right. I so agree the, with that. the ridiculous one in space that everyone who really loves the Friday the Thirteenth films I, hates. I love. That's the one I like. You know, IGN today because today is technically Friday the Thirteenth as we tape our Halloween episode. They uh, they ranked the Friday the Thirteenth episodes, and J Jason X actually got ranked the highest, followed Good. followed briefly by Jason Four. That's and the one with Tommy. That's Corey Feldman. Yeah, but the character's name's Tommy because yeah. he shows back up in the sixth one. Tommy. He shows up in fifth, five Wiseau. and six. It's not Tommy, Tommy so. And he goes in a room. <laughs> and people are tearing him apart. Well, it's really we, deep. We, we're here to talk about Halloween. Halloween. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it has an interesting... And James was talking about it when he came in late. 45 minutes late. Diva. Anyway, when he came in late, he was talking about... It's so have enough ice in it. I was re-watching, he was talking about re-watching them, correct? And yeah. you said, what is it that's interesting about all of them? They don't have a plot. And what I mean by that, they do have a plot. They have a plot per film. They're a self-contained movie each yeah, time about and, the same character. And I think, I'm going to say something, and I'm going to cross genres, because I enjoyed them as I watched them, as long as I didn't think about what came before. Right. And the equivalent to that, to me, is something that I am a fan of, but I also know when other people talk about it, they have ever read Terror Star part. Wars. I'm going to punch you in the throat. <laughs> You're getting a throat punch. What tonight. is it? Back to the Highlander. future. <laughs> they are the horror equivalent of Highlander. As individual films. No, nah, I think Highlander's worse. Really? She yeah. gains telepathic powers. And That's oh, the fourth and the fifth one. There's the fourth and the fifth one. But they, at least those two do connect. At, uh, but then she does it, and then he's got a curse that makes him have to kill all his family. That was part six. And then that's what I'm saying. But the quickening? Mm. They're aliens? Well, it depends. And actually, that is an interesting point. It depends on what cut you watch. Yeah. Because that happens with Halloween. Sorry, well. sorry yeah, Miranda. The producer's cut. Yeah, yeah. It's the producer's <laughs> cut. So let's go ahead and get started. So let's, let's, you, are we going to take them in order? Let's do them in order. Let's do them in so order. So the thing is, with Halloween, I don't want to spend a lot of time on the first Halloween. And here's the reason. Everybody has spent a lot of time on Halloween. Yeah. From 1978 on, it made, it made careers for... John Carpenter, it made careers for Jamie Lee Curtis, it made careers for 
Deborah Hill, uh, Dean Cundy, the cinematographer, Tommy Lee Wallace, the assistant, uh, the editor, and the production designer. Uh, I could I could just keep on naming Donald Nick Pleasance. Castle. Donald Pleasant's got him that role on Puma Man. Oh my God, I'm gonna punch you in the throat. Donald Pleasant's already had a career, but I will say that it probably kept Donald Pleasant's even more relevant throughout the '80s. Do you know yes. who they wanted for the? the yes, part? yes, I do. And the one person who said that it was one of his major regrets is turning it down. Christopher, Christopher Lee. Lee. But that's not the first. The first was Peter Cushing. 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 And Cushing yeah. refused to do it because he was just in a little movie the year before called what? Oh, Star, Star Wars. Wars. Wasn't going to come over here for 20 grand for a no, week's no. work. Yeah. And you know why Donald Pleasance took the role? Do either one of you know that? I don't. Oh, crap. I, I saw that and I... Yeah, go ahead. John Carpenter did the music for Assault on Precinct 13, That's which right. is the movie, is, and his daughter, daughter was in a rock and roll in a rock and roll band, Donald Pleasance, and so she was a fan of Assault on Precinct 13 and his music, and said, oh, Dad, you got to go do the movie. And John Carpenter was actually terrified of Donald Pleasance. He was because, terrified of him. But then they, they connected. After the movie. After the movie, and then yeah, they he were went on to do Escape friends. from New York yeah, and... Yeah. Um, Prince of Darkness. Prince of Darkness. Yeah, they were lifelong friends from that point on, but he was terrified of him because Donald Pleasance questioned him and asked him questions yes. and thought they were all kind of kids. He, they got along, but it was he was terrified of yeah. them. Yeah, certain interesting things. I want to talk about some of the people who don't because I'm a huge John Carpenter fan. The, the other two, and Haley probably knows this as well, he's my second favorite director of all time. I admire him because he's from Bowling Green, Kentucky. Yeah. yeah. And he said, and you know what? shows up throughout through, Halloween. Throughout Smith's Halloween. Grove. Russellville. Yeah. Yeah, there's all it's, throughout Halloween. So number one's Michael Bay, right? No. Anyway. He loved that Pearl Harbor. Oh, it's my God. Mm. He loves Tommy Wiseau. No, he Coleman loves Pearl Francis. He keeps, he, he on a daily basis, he, he'll, he'll call us up and go, Pearl Harbor is factual. <laughs> I, I would pick Tommy Wiseau oh, over, my pinky. Uh, well, no, uh, I like The Rock, so. Yeah, it's it's, it's still a buffet like of loathsomeness. Anyway. The Rock? No. I hate you. I love like the rock. Like a child that wanders into their... I know you love wrestling. I just broke my pinky. So I it, don't care. Do you guys know the story about how uh, a producer named Erwin Yoblins wanted to do something called the Babysitter Killers yes. and then decided, yep. found out that no one ever had ever used the word Halloween, Halloween. in any movie title? Yep. And they got the money from a Mustupa Ox... I can never say his yeah, name. Mustafa Akkad. Mustafa yeah, Akkad. Who, by the way really wasn't interested in doing the movie but when they told him hey this is flat out this whole movie will cost three hundred thousand dollars and he was shooting a Lawrence Olivier movie at the time he that was, was three hundred thousand dollars a day he was shooting the lion of the desert which is about Muhammad oh <laughs> that's a true story okay because you can't do a picture or anything else in Muhammad there's a whole scene in that if you watch it oh who's the Anthony Quinn's in it and Anthony Quinn's talking to the camera, so the camera's supposed to be Muhammad. Not that anybody else cares about any of this. Yeah. Because if you're Muslim, you cannot yes, depict the prophet Ma yeah. Muhammad, right? So, yes, you're right. He was making all this. $300,000 here, take it. Yeah. Of course, he's made a gabillion. He got Well, killed. he wasn't even, he didn't even care. No. That this movie was getting made. He just thought it was a cheap thing. And then it went on to gross, it went on to gross, what, $47 million? Probably more than that. 47, up until the Blair Witch Project, it was, project, the, yeah. it was the most successful independent film of all time. Right, because yes. in, in current dollars, it was a that it, it went on to gross $150 million yeah. in today's money. It only cost $300,000. Now, I don't know what the, the inflation for three hundred. But it's not going to be more than a million or two. Yeah, it's not. So I mean that was a huge profit. A huge profit. And he did, he he was like, "Oh great." And then that's when he decided to, you know, just keep 
belted him out and he until, owned him and until he, owned, he died right and we'll get to that in Halloween yeah. too and why there were sequels but as far as that it's an interesting and John Carpenter um, I, I had to do a little bit of research I didn't know he got paid he said he didn't get paid Erwin Yoblin said yes he did get paid he got a John Carpenter says yes he did supposedly got 10% of the profit Erwin said the same thing he only had two requests he wanted 10% of the profit and his name above the title and to, well, I'm sorry, and complete creative control. Erwin said there was a fourth when he paid him ten thousand dollars too, <laughs> but you know that's still chicken feed for a director even oh, in yeah. 1978. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's he wanted his name above the title. Do you know how much forethought? A, do you know how much ego? And B, do you know how much forethought that takes to ask for that? Because how many times has this has he seen John Carpenter's Halloween or anyone knows that they know his name because his name is above the title? Oh yeah, yeah. I can't tell you who and that's the thing too though, he wrote co wrote. He co wrote it with Deborah Hill, who never, ever, ever Deborah Hill's moved has passed on from cancer several years ago. Really quick about Deborah Hill, they were together, they were yep. a couple. Yeah, yep. He le- left her and married Adrian Barbeau later on and had a kid. Who uh, inspired Barbobots on uh, C-Lab. Yeah, I can't believe you just pulled the C-Lab. Go ahead. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so the interesting thing about this is is that Deborah Hill, I don't think, ever gets enough credit. She's the one that wrote all the dialogue for the babysitters, all that mm-hmm. stuff, because he did. He wrote all the crazy Sam Loomis shit. Yeah, yeah. Think that's all he cared about was writing the Sam Loomis. The Sam Loomis shit. And, this, and by the way, those are great lines. They are great lines. Yeah. They make no sense, and they're great lines. But they're great. for that type of movie, it's great. Oh, yeah, and that's, what is it, evil has came to your little town, mm-hmm. Sheriff? I mean, yeah, yeah. It, it sounds like it's he's tap dancing between a Western... Oh, yeah, and, which is what he went to Hollywood to make anyway. Yeah, yeah, I mean, and he does it well. Yeah, absolutely. So, it's it's an Deborah Hill never gets enough credit. She was one of the first huge mega female producers, so I just want to throw out there. Dean Cundy was the director of photography, cinematographer. He's another guy that I don't think gets enough shout-outs. Dean Cundy invented that whole blue during the horror yes. films, all the blue and the shadow. That's all Dean Cundy's work. Mm-hmm. He went on to shoot a few little movies that you may have heard of called Back to the Future. Never heard of it. Who Framed Roger Rabbit. I'm not gonna. I'm not even gonna make a joke. One of my favorite movies of all time, Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yep. In fact, I've heard John Carpenter say, "Well, later, well, yeah, no, I would love to have had Dean. I couldn't afford him anymore." Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, I, and I think, I mean, going back to how that movie shot, one of the things that's most famous, it's most famous for, is you get the view. Yeah. And and, and Roger got, Ebert and a bunch of other people have commented on that that it makes it no longer passive. The Steadicam had just came out, and they took advantage of it. But I didn't know, actually, and, and this is something that, as I listened to commentaries and I looked at stuff and I wanted to make sure I knew this, that actually the uh, um, the Canadians beat John Carpenter to it. Black Christmas has the killer POV first. Oh, Black Clear? Go ahead. There's a whole story. Go ahead. No, you, you know it better than that. No, I don't know necessarily. I'll fill in where you don't know. Go ahead. No, just seriously, go ahead. Black Christmas is directed by... Bob Clark. Yes. Bob Clark became famous for a little movie called Pork. No, he did. His, Porky's was a huge hit, but that's yeah. not what he's remembered for. He's remembered Christmas Story a Two, Christmas a story. Christmas Story. Two. Right? No, just no. a Christmas Story. There was no. Two. Every Christmas oh, wow. you watch Bob Clark, that guy who gave you a Christmas Story also gave you Porky's and Black Christmas. And Black Christmas, by the way, is a dark film. Yeah, much darker than Halloween. But a different kind of tone. Do you think Bob Clark deserves an award for being able to jump through genres so quickly? But he also gave us Rhinestone. That's what I'm saying. I'll, he, I'll stab you in the throat. You say one bad thing about Dolly. 
Oh, Chad's see, still upset. See, that, we that have Sylvester Stallone <laughs> and we have Dolly on the payroll. Let's put them together. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I guess. I mean, he definitely started out in horror films, but Black Christmas. Go ahead with the, with the rest of it. It's he and Carpenter met, and he said they asked about a, is it about the sequel, and he said, well, if yeah. I ever did a sequel to Black Christmas, I think I'd put it on Halloween and call it Halloween. Yep. John Carpenter says that's bullshit. Of course he does. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. He says he wanted to do the opposite of Black Christmas. I don't know. I don't know this part of the story. So well, yeah. this is the part I, I I do know that he wanted to do the opposite because the shape or Michael Myers or whatever yeah. he doesn't yeah. have a backstory. Right. He never wanted to give him a backstory. Yeah. Well, yeah, because he wanted he did not want the 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 the, the audience to feel any emotional attachment to him whatsoever. He's evil. You can't kill evil. That's the reason why he gets up at the end. He's gone. Yeah. Right. And it ties back if you read some of the commentaries and things like that. It ties back into that's why it has to be on Halloween because Halloween is the one night that you can't kill that spirit. Yeah. That you can't dismember. You can't. You know, the other part about that, though, is looking at some of how, and of course, any fan knows it's a William Shatner mask and stuff like that. Um, But so much of what actually went into that movie was so complicated, especially on a $300,000 budget. There were, they filmed at a time when there were no leaves, so they were recycling leaves. They, they would throw the leaves down and then go around with rakes and stuff and pick the leaves back up because they couldn't afford They had to go buy them yeah. out west. They had to pick streets that didn't have palm trees on them. And if you look really good or look really well, you can still see some palm trees in the back. And then, and then the, the car that Dr. Loomis was driving... Yeah. Uh, he, uh, John Carpenter actually told Tommy Lee Wallace to go find a car that looked like a police car, and he went and rented a car from a, a rent a rental place, and went and it rehauled it to look at like make it look like a cop car. That was the closest he could find. And then two weeks later, they returned it without ever, and taking all the stuff out without ever the, the the people at the business ever knowing that they did this. <laughs> I didn't know that. Story. Yeah. The uh, but you know it also goes to I mean Jamie Lee Curtis being cast and giving her. Um, connections uh, well she's janet lee's daughter and janet yeah. lee was in psycho if you're watching this and don't know that i'm judging you but keep going just in case but the the, the happy a... accident of that and and john carpenter saying we knew if nothing else we would be able to say well we got her yeah absolutely what are you looking up i was gonna look up something about the name loomis because there's a loomis connection there but i forgot what it was oh sam loomis yeah uh sam loomis i think is the guy no, Sam Loomis is a character is the private eye from Psycho. Go. Yeah. yeah. Michael Myers is actually the guy that got uh, he was he's a British man that got assaulted to pre thirteen in the theaters in Britain, I think, <laughs> and then he just gave him a shout out. Yeah. That's the reason why the killer's named Michael yeah. Myers. No, 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 no. Right? No, no, no. So you know, and if you don't know this, because Joe mentioned it briefly, Michael Myers was never going to be the name of this character it was just going to be called he was just going to be called the shape the shape, the shape yeah um but then john carpenter it was the distributor over in spain or italy whose name was michael My- for assault on precinct 13 and his name was michael myers yeah no i know yeah i, I thought it's in Eng- it was in england right yeah, maybe yeah it could just so, be your i thought you said he got assaulted but then you just said never mind no he got ass- he, he i thought he worked on assault on that's how he knew i him. thought you said he got assaulted i'm like assault he didn't get assaulted he felt that. Worked on i assault. was all, only half listening to you most of the time the blessing <laughs> we're 30 minutes into this show we're not even got through the first one i know <laughs> Keep let's going. go let's roll let's roll we're finished your story
No, that was a story. Nick Castle played the shape really quick. Well, no, there's five people that played Michael Myers in the first movie. Yes, but Nick Castle did the majority of those yeah. scenes. Tommy Lee Wallace was even Michael Myers at one point because when they were breaking things, Tommy Lee Wallace was the only one who knew how yeah. to, the, the the strength and how to break them. So that's why he put on. Deborah the... Hill's the hands. Yep. When he's a kid, when he's it's a kid. not a little boy it's because, because of... she had small hands. No, it's because they couldn't get a kid. Well, they, of the hours, yeah, but yeah. she's the only one that had the small hands on set to be able right, to do right, it to right. look for a kid. That's why they look so well manicured. Nick Castle would later go on to direct The Last Starfighter. He also, which is just one of my favorite Nick Castle films. I don't particularly care that much for Major Pain. Sorry to be the bearer of bad Jeez. news. I'm going to take this. Here Bam Bam Bigelow's best movie. Oh, man. Bam Bam yeah. Bigelow's best movie. Yes. He also co-wrote Escape from New York. So, is it, oh, can I tell a quick story about The Mask? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so everybody knows that's a Shatner mask, yada, yada, yada. So, throughout this episode, I'm going to name drop and it's going to sound egotistical. I'm so sorry. By the way, real quick, do you know how much that mask cost? A dollar and 98 cents. It was on clearance. William Malone worked at Don Post Studios. Now, if you know who William Malone is, now a filmmaker, he directed, he directed the uh, remake on uh, House on Haunted Hill. He directed also the brother of Carl Malone. No, he isn't. Parasomnia. Parasomnia. He directed several episodes of Tales from the Crypt and Perversions of Science. He's a, he's a really talented guy. Anyway, I've met him a couple of times. A year ago, I was sitting in a panel that he was doing. He was talking about working at Don Post Studios. That's where he got his start. He was yeah. a mask maker. And he said he's the one that painted it and ripped out the eyes and did all that stuff, even though Tommy Lee Wall says he's the one that did it. Oh, my God. The the backs around that, by the way, though, is they talk so about... So he gave a different story. He didn't talk about the clearance. He's like, no, they came down to the shop, blah, 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 blah. I mean, he was he told it in a way that was sounded believable. Well, what's funny about that is you're talking about the thing. One of the best comments I read on an interview, or, and I watched some interviews with John Carpenter, and it was in one some obscure interview John Carpenter gave. He literally just looks directly at the camera and he goes... Thank God we screwed that mask up. I'd hate for people to be hiding from William Shatner. <laughs> yeah. Do we have anything else to talk about? Because it was originally going to be a clown mask. They brought in two. They yeah. brought in two, and then everybody was deeply disturbed by just the, the Shatner one, yeah, which he, he said didn't even really look like Shatner. No, it doesn't look like Shatner. No. If you go back and look at that original mask, which made sense, by the way, because Paramount profited off of it, and they didn't want to pay Shatner. They didn't want to pay Shatner, no. Absolutely not. Make it just close enough. Yeah. All right, what else? Anything else about the I'm animal? good. We're 20 minutes in. Halloween 2. Uh, what you got about on Halloween 2? Oh, it's directed by Rick Rosenthal. So the, the story goes that Deborah Hill and John Carpenter had no desire to do another Halloween film. But there's a law, according to Carpenter, in California, and you cannot stop people from making money, basically, or from profiting on things. You can't do that. So they were going to do it one way or the other. <sighs> He doesn't say this, but other people say that he felt like he got screwed out of a lot of the royalties that he was due from making the first one. And he's like, well, if you're going to do it anyway, and you're going to try to sue me to do it, and I'll just let you do it, and then I will try to write it and produce it and get paid. Yeah. He and Deborah Hill both felt that way. So they wrote it. They produced it. They had a hand in editing it. And supposedly they didn't care for Rick Rosenthal's cut, mm -hmm. right? And he went back and bloodied it up some, which was not in the first one. It's, it's not changed. in the first one. They were, they were competing with three years. First one came out in 78. Second one came out in 81. Within those three years, 
there had been a ton of imitations, and they Friday all got 13. bloodier and bloodier and, and that bloodier. was the thing. That was actually one of the things that Ebert said about the original was that Carpenter did it purely on atmosphere. There, If you go back and look for blood, there is very little. There's very little. They didn't have any money for special effects. They blew, you know they blew most of the budget on cameras? That's mm -hmm. the reason it looked so great. Yeah. Anyway, I'm sorry to go over. But no, so that's the thing. So you're right. By the time they did the second one... And as it goes along, by the way, there we'll get to the, if we have time, we'll get to the one that was originally rated X because they made it too gory. Well, I there's not a lot to talk. There's about. There's not a lot. I, are, can I just say I don't like it? I don't care for it. Either. I think it's, it's boring. It has the one scene in it where the, the the mother drives up with the kid and he's either puking up blood and I swear I think I remember a blood bubble coming out of his mouth. Am I wrong about this? I can't remember I, that. I, that creeped me out. But other than that, I mean, James, the, the, movie, problem, the movie was not that. The problem is it's set at the hospital. Right. Yeah. It's a very limited timetable, and quite frankly, um, and going back to the Highlandering argument, is that it just... You're the only one with that argument. <laughs> but it's just, he's there, and then he's gone, and it's just later that day, and it's it, it kind of takes away from... And I think that's the problem is, and I said the reason I use that Highlander argument is, the problem with Highlander, and as I said, I mm. enjoy those films... But the problem with that... Are you having go. an episode? No, I didn't no. go. we got to get through this. The problem with them Mario is... Mario Van Peebles was the best part of that whole series. I'm going to punch you in the throat, so help me. <laughs> um, is that there, there is no consistency. And that's what starts to happen. I think two is the beginning of where they just like, yeah, we're just going to switch it up and see what happens. He said he had a hard time writing the <clears> screenplay. <throat> he said he was drinking a beer. He was drinking a lot of beer, trying to get through it, hated doing it, didn't have anything. And he somehow <sighs> thought of, oh, I'll just make him his sister. Or make Laurie Strode yeah, his sister. Yeah, the Star Wars effect. Yeah. Of everything's got to be related, everything's got... And I think that's... Um, and what's funny is there's there's been... As, Haley as, is down. Are you having another heart attack? Because <laughs> we left her for dead on the last one. That's right, Dog Butters. We don't care. <laughs> that was like three episodes. They, they, they'll watch. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, no. So I think that... I agree. I think that's part of the problem with this. The, and the other part is, it's at the hospital, and I'm there's nothing about a hospital that goes, watch me, please watch me. Yeah. It's, it's boring. It really is a boring movie. It's boring. Lance Guest is in it, though, and he would be later in The Last Starfighter. Yeah. I was thinking about that today. It's weird. And then, all right, so should we move on to Halloween 3? Yes, the controversial film. Of it is controversial for what reason? Because it, it's fun? It's not. Michael, Michael Myers. Myers isn't in it. And I, I love the idea. The original idea, this was told to me by Tom Atkins when he signed all my posters once. It was told to me through many documentaries. The original idea was it was fine. They're going to make keep making Halloween movies. Why don't we just use the brand name? It's now a brand name and tell a story every time. Yeah, well, Which is a Halloween. great idea. Yeah, it, it more or less becomes a serial. Yeah. Or not a serial, but a... a... But it never works. Well, Saul, I worked for Saul. Well, Saul yeah. still has a continuation, though. I mean, it's yeah, it all is, bullshit. It's all bullshit, and it's it doesn't the, make any the, sense. None of the continuity. Past works. the third one, I was arguing with Haley about this earlier. Past the third one, I don't know that any of those make sense. No, none of them do. But there are a lot of <laughs> there. There are a lot of fun to watch. Now, I, by the way, I still haven't seen the last Saul. I, I know I'm. Somebody's gonna be like, they're on Netflix. I'm. I'm I am. I am. Yes, they they added one through seven. For for Halloween, I'm actually gonna sit through. To see, I'll sit through them. I'm gonna go make them. When see them. when when Dana and I were dating, and then after we got married, we went and watched them all. And then who's Dana? Uh, it's my wife. Um, You're married. Hussy. Uh, 
You knew Did what that guy was. in the men's room know that you were married? <laughs> he paid me. Um, <laughs> the, no, but anyway, the... Uh, uh, no, so we had kids, and so I never got to see that. Hussy! You got all that way just to say that. Anyway, back to Halloween 3. I love the idea of it. I wish they I wish that had worked. Yes, I don't think the, it was sold well. No, I don't think it was well, ever advertised well. No, and I think the problem with it is, I mean, it, 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 it was a marketing issue. But the movie itself... I love the end of the world thing. I love any time John Carpenter ends the world, I show up. Well, hold on. Well, go ahead. Is it about the original ending? No. So the way the original ending was written was that he's screaming on the phone. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't know what a phone is. Sorry. Right. He's screaming on the phone, and it goes to black, and you're supposed to hear millions of kids screaming. Tommy Lee Wallace cut it and didn't shoot it because he thought it was too dark. And I cannot believe why you wouldn't do that. Uh, If you're going to go, what does Mel Brooks say? If you're going to climb the mountain, mountain, ring the bell. Ring the bell. Well, and this movie has probably one of the most interesting pre-production stories of any of the Halloween. Absolutely, keep going. Because the original director, do you know who the original director was for Halloween 3? I didn't either. We both found this out today. Joe Dante. Really, Joe Dante was gonna was gonna do this, and it was Joe, Joe Dante, Dante, Gremlins, Inner Space, Gremlins Two. Yeah, a bunch of he's actually Looney Tunes. In my oh, why did you have to bring that one up? Because I'm a jerk. He is one of these main. He is one of these uh, directors who I think should be considered an iconic director who just doesn't get the credit for it. I don't think so either. And he's been kind of in again, off again with television. And I think yeah. probably for the last decade or so, he has directed television. Yeah, you know, for example, I, I'm sorry, Mr. Dante, but this is the only one that I'm recalling. He would actually did an episode of uh, the Legends of Tomorrow. Legends of Tomorrow on uh, Warner Brothers, a he, DC Comics property. He directed a lot of the Hawaii Five O. Said it was a lot of fun being in Hawaii. I bet it was. Yeah, I bet it was. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no. Uh, so Joe Dante was originally hired to direct this movie, and then you know he he worked with um, I forget the original Nigel Neal. Nigel Neal, who was Italian. N- he was British. He was, and the reason he got the gig. Because Carpenter is a nerd like the three of us, and he wrote a little movie or a couple movies. You know, Quartermain or Quartermass? Quartermass in the Pit? Pit. He wrote that. He wrote that. Which, by the way, if you've never seen it, it's a fantastic British film. Go out and see Quartermass in the Pit. It's pretty much the the merging of Quartermain, Alan Quartermain, the original story is not the. And kind of Lovecraft. Lovecraft. It's Quartermain and Lovecraft put together. In fact, if you're a Carpenter fan, In the Mouth of Madness is a lot like that in the sense of. Of the marrying of the two. I'm sorry. But anyway, so Joe Dante and this guy, <laughs> Nigel, Nigel, Nigel Neal, um, they, they, they hammered out this film and they were going to do it, but then Joe Dante went off to another project. So then they took the script and then the script just kept getting obliterated and cut down. And then eventually Carpenter rewrote it. And then Tommy Lee Wallace rewrote it until the point of where Neil doesn't even get credit for it. And Tommy Lee he Wallace, had he had his name removed. He had his name removed because. They took. It was actually going to be more of a comedy than anything. Oh, I didn't read. That I think part. it was going to be. It was going to be a more of a comical horror film. Yeah. And then it turned into the gory. Yeah, and and Nigel Neal didn't like the gory part. Didn't yeah. want anything. He didn't That's want not any what he part wrote. Of it. That's, That's not, not what he wrote. wrote. And then I didn't know this. Uh, technically, Tommy Lee Wallace says, even though he got sole credit for it, he yeah. said Nigel Neal, sixty percent of that movie you saw was written by him. Still, mm-hmm. he still says it, but yeah. he had his name removed. And he said most of the other stuff was Carpenter, and then the rest of it was him. He wrote the least of it, he says. 
and that was him, but he ended up getting total credit for it. Well, yeah. good for him. If you don't know how the Writers Guild of America works when it comes to getting credit, uh, if you have an hour of your life and you want to take a nap, go ahead and read that. It's oh, it goes. It's painful. It's I, any of that, and, and I, I do believe in the need for the Writers Guild. I do believe in the need for the Directors Guild. And he does Arbitrate, believe in the need for, for speed. speed. Arbitration, though. I mean, you have to have I an attorney. James is a hardcore drug addict. I, I do agree. <laughs> I do agree with all that, but I do think you're right in that sometimes. That's why you're so twitchy? It complicates. I'm gonna punch you. <laughs> Do you know Tommy Lee Wallace was going to direct the second one, but no. it kept getting more and more, which is funny. He says it kept getting bloodier and bloodier, and then he pulled out at the last minute because he wanted it to be closer. Giggity. He wanted it, yeah, I know. He wanted it to be closer to the original with atmosphere. Oh, really? Which is funny because he directed Season of the Witch, which yeah. has bugs and snakes crawling out of a dead boy's mouth. Mouth, yeah. And I, well, as, as one does. As yeah. one does. Um, By the way, if you don't know who Tommy Lee Wallace is, he went on to direct another uh, TV movie that not a lot of people heard of called It. it. Yeah. And he married uh, Pamela Anderson, right? No. No. I know that's not true. He gave Pamela Anderson um, herpetitis. 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 Ass disease. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. It's better than herpetophilosis. I was going to say, it's better than gonocephalus. Going going back to (laughs) Halloween 3, in defense of it, it is a flawed movie. Chad and I were talking about this. But it's such an interesting movie. And it was such a good idea. Wouldn't you have loved every year, every other year, you got a new movie called Halloween, and it could be anything. It could, yeah. You never know what you're going to get. You never know what and you're going to get. I, I think that's the but thing. But people don't like that. Why? I, change, change. I really don't understand why audiences don't want. But that. you know, I, know I was getting ready to go political. Stop I, myself. I think <laughs> the other side of that, though, is that you get into cycles, and and I think if you go back and you look at Universal horror films and things like that. And we even talked about in the future doing an episode about this, is that stuff happens, and then these characters become cliche or old. Oh yeah, I mean before you know it, they're doing a movie with Abbott Costello. And then what you get your new wave of horror, and some people have argued this point was that you have your classical Universal and your second wave of Universal monsters are the atomic ones, right? And so that that argument there and things like that. So I I wonder if that's the issue was that. People just weren't tired of it yet. I don't know. I, I just... And the other thing that I... And this is the last story I have about it. John Carpenter says that Universal saw Tommy Lee Wallace's cut and said, change the ending. And he came back to Tommy and said, do you want to change the ending? Because it's a pretty bleak ending. Although I think it should have been bleaker. Uh, when yeah. I heard that idea of the thousand million kids screaming. Yeah. That's a horror film to me. That's oh, yeah. amazing. That's a great and that's, idea. That goes back to my entire thing. And you just build it in your head. Oh, yeah. Because that's the entire thing. I don't need to see the kids. I don't need to. But there's something about. It's like I've talked to you about what's a horror film where the kids possess. Children uh, of Village of the Dead. Insidious. Insidious works on me every time. I went Village of the Dead. In ways that. Mine's better. Other ones. Both y'all can kiss my ass. Which version? Which version? I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> the the Christopher one. Reeve one. That's not the best. That is amazing. Is it Kirstie Alley in that too? Kirstie Alley. Yeah. Gold. Finish your point. Uh, But I I think... uh, I got excited. I don't don't know if I have one. I think that... that I agree with you. Village of the Damned is an underappreciated remake. I agree with... No. uh, As far as Halloween (laughs) 3, 
As far as how I can't movie, even believe my own bullshit. You've always seen, I remember that movie as being halfway decent, and the only thing that added to the original was the guy dead on the grill. Did yeah, you ever, that's a good one. Did you ever wonder if that's those kids went awesome. out in the middle of the day and got sunburned? Because they were pale. Do you go out and get sunburned? Yes. Okay. Well, they, but no, I agree with you on Halloween 3. Scream I'm a kids. walking piece oh of bacon. Oh my God, I've never... Scream, uh, Halloween 3... Screaming is, kids. Is a, a, but I think the fact that anytime you target kids in a horror film and you follow through on it, it's more effective to me. Because I don't care about adults. They're horrible people. FYI, Dan O'Harely, O'Harely, who later became the old man in RoboCop, played the old man. They called him the old man. The uh, whatever. Also went on to do The Last Starfighter with Lance Guest, who was My in Halloween 2, which was directed by... Nick Castle, who was in Halloween. Hey, is this going to be Joe's six degrees of separation? I just like the last Starfighter. I would I like do, to do no, it. I, like it. We need I prefer to... Enemy Mine. Again, oh both y'all can kiss my ass. Directed by Wolfgang Peterson. Anyway, I don't know. give a shit. Lou Gossett Jr. has a baby. <laughs> a, his... big, a big snake baby. <laughs> snake baby. Revisit. <laughs> All right. Should Throw we move back. On? Should we move on? <laughs> Haley's uh, laughing. Should we move on to Haley? Uh, Haley. <laughs> Should we move, <laughs> move on, on to Haley? Haley, yeah. Halloween 4, 1988. 1988, directed by Dwight Little, who would go on to give us Free Willy 2. Um, God bless him for it. And and, and screw David Lynch. <laughs> Showdown now, in Little Tokyo, whatever. I, one, the one. Ooh, is that Dolph Lundgren and Brandon yeah. Lee? Yeah. Ooh. I marathon these movies. You marathon so. Brandon Lee movies? No, I You studied for the wrong podcast, my friend. <laughs> My nose is around. Let me take care of that. Um, rapid Fire. Ooh, uh, Rapid Fire is a good movie. If you mention Laser Blast, I will kill you right now. I was going to mention Laser Blast. Well, can we get on to Halloween 4? Halloween 4. The, which, so I marathoned all these films, which means I have a skewed view of it. because you probably Which didn't. means he watched these while running. No, no that never happened. Never happened, <laughs> sir. <laughs> but so I watched them close together, and Halloween 4, if you do that, is very much a, hey, you ever see that movie Halloween? Let's do that again. Yeah. Until the end. With Daniel Harris. With Daniel Harris. It very much has the feel of the first one, and you're like, okay, yep. All right. And yep. by the way, if you ever meet her, she's still the same size, size. she was yeah. in Halloween 4 and yeah. 5. And she's one of the Hollywood ghost hunters with Kane Hodder. And I, this is true. If I, I moderate Kane their Kane Hodder dropping names like he knows people. Yeah. Didn't he just spend an hour talking about, oh, Tom Atkins on my poster. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Tom, yeah, Tom Atkins, Tommy Lee Wallace. <laughs> yeah, uh, okay. Anyway. I was really named Jop. Dro- oh, shit. Named Jop. Jopping. Did for the booze. Keep it's, going. But anyway, um, God, I wish we. He was talking about working with her and her being a Hollywood ghost hunter, and he said it's always funny because you've got R.A. Milhoff who played Leatherface, you know, and said, and then you've got Daniel Harris who literally, if there is a ghost, will just knock her out of the way, so she's never in any real risk. She weighs sixty pounds. Though. Let's get back to the movie Halloween 4. Yeah. I loved Halloween. Well, I liked them as a kid, Halloween 4 and 5. Yeah, I liked Halloween 4 and 5 as a kid. Uh, Doesn't hold up. No. I don't... They weren't good when they came out. It's just... Let's see. 88, I was 10 years old. 10-year-old Joe didn't have a lot of expectations. Tell me if I'm wrong. Halloween 5... I like the opening scene with the ambulance and stuff. Halloween 5's main marketing gimmick was, ooh, we're finally going to see the face of Michael Myers. I can't remember. I'm pretty sure... Well, when we get to Halloween 5, I've got some points about that. But you're right. The ambulance scene is one of the most interesting. 
But what's funny about it is, again, it goes back to that continuity, the Highlander effect that I keep throwing out, is that he he, he was done. Halloween 2, he's done. They blow him up. They blow up him and Donald Pleasant. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's the funny part about it is that he is dead. And, and it's great because in Halloween 4, and I said I watched all of these, when you first see Donald Pleasance, go back and watch this, they do so many great scar effects on one side of his face. Four minutes later in the movie, it's like, oh, there's some, there's some scarring. I'll oh, I didn't that. notice that. Um, and then, Isn't it? What about in 5? Oh, it gets even better. The hospital, he, the ambulance scene you're talking about, watch the jacket. Because the arm says Smith's Grove. On the side of the ambulance, it's Smith's Grove. With plural, yeah, or with a, a possessive, and then none of the there's three different props, none of them match up, hmm. and it's just one of those things where I'm like, guys, this may this is starting to feel like you're just getting a check. I don't know what's going on, um, so uh, it is it, it's uh, but what year it, what year did Halloween four come out? Eighty eight, and a Halloween five came out in eighty nine. Eighty nine, so, which is when we get to Halloween five, gets really interesting because a couple things happen there. Yeah, but I, I listened to the commentary on. I'm like, yeah, no, I, it shows. I feel like by this point, we were already four or five deep into Friday the Thirteenth. Oh, that's, we were that's, two. We were two or three by deep. By '88, we would have been seven deep. I was and saying, then, and how many Nightmare on Elm Streets were? Uh, four deep. Four deep. So and, I mean, this time they were like, oh crap, we no, have. Sh- and by the way, look that shit up. I'm almost positive. I think no, you're no, right. But I was gonna say, and but here's what's funny I think about Jason Halloween Tates Four. Came out in '89. '89. That's right, because I saw it in the theater. Halloween Four bucked the system, though, and that's one of the reasons Halloween Five got such a quick turnaround, because the other movies were still profitable, but they were considered winding down. Yeah. They weren't seeing increasing returns anymore. And then Halloween Four came out, and compared to three and even two blew it away well i feel like i feel like with halloween 4 as i just mentioned about the that's why i brought this point up is because they're like holy crap these are horror movie franchises now these things are making bank we haven't made a michael myers film since 1981 and you know universal distributed two and three and didn't bother these let it slip for four it was and four and five weren't even distributed by american companies yeah they were, weren't they? Were they straight to video, or were they? they were, no, they were in theaters. Were in but theaters. it's a weird company that I didn't write the name down. It wasn't until six that Dimension got the hold of it. Yeah. That horrible, horrible movie, Halloween Six. <sighs> that was the Dimension one. Well, should we skip skip right to six? No, no, no I'm I just wanna, telling you. But okay. anyway, yeah. So Halloween Four, the the standard critique of it is it's a very standard movie up until the end, and then it gets interesting. And the end would, of course, be... She kills him. She stabs... Uh, she kills her stepmother. Yeah, yeah. she kills her stepmother. Laurie Strode, Laurie Strode is dead. Mm-hmm. Um, she has died in a car accident. And that's what actually make, wakes Michael Myers up, because for some reason in the ambulance, they mentioned that she had a daughter. Yeah. And that somehow is what wakes him up, yeah. and he bashes that. You know that that's one of the that's one of the funniest parts about the fact that the biggest complaint about the new the you know we do have a new Halloween coming. It's being yeah. direct, it's being written by Danny McBride and directed by what's his face, uh, and Carpenter's executive producing. Yeah, and everybody. And Laurie Strode will be back again, and that's again. people's main complaint. Is Laurie Strode's back? You know she was killed. But she's ba- she was killed in H2O. No, she was killed in Resurrection. Resurrection. In Resurrection. She came back to H2O, and she's killed off in the first ten minutes of, a- yeah. of Resurrection. And she came back for H2O and was killed. And, but nobody com- nobody complained back then about the fact that, hey, she was actually technically killed in four. <laughs> well, the problem is, is it ignores it, and that's what the, the next one's going to ignore even part two. 
Yeah, yeah. which is fine. Well, and James, because we were talking about the continuity, people are pissed now because the new Halloween's coming out next year and it's ignoring everything except for the first one. And I go, who cares? Yeah, who cares? Who cares? Who no, cares? It's, it's the same thing when this eventual Highlander reboot comes out, which will eventually happen. Uh, I'm going to go into it saying this is probably going to suck. But I'm still gonna go. Yeah. I like the I like the concept, so I'm gonna show up for concept. So they set up Halloween five great, right? Yeah. Even if they want to bring him back, she he could have had a sidekick of Danielle Harris. And that's what and Danielle be, Harris That's what she wanted, wanted to do, yeah. be she, the killer. She said, I wanna be the killer, but if not, I wanna be the sidekick mm-hmm. and she got not. Neither. So do Halloween Well, she five, was a kid at the time. I don't think anybody yeah, but Halloween she, Five is directed, she to kill people, Chad. directed by Dominique Othenan Gerard. I have no idea who this dude is. I mean, I can tell you, talk about all the directors except him. They wrote it as they went. Like they started without a script. There's which a man is in black always, that yeah, makes um, no sense. Yeah, it's the man in the black trench coat. It's and then it sets up so much. Um, this is when they there's started. some sort of psychic ability connection. Yeah, there's the, the, like basically whatever Daniel Harris's character Jamie. Yeah. Whatever she does. And did they do a big reveal with him, or did they ever not show him without... Do they show him without the mask? I can't oh, remember. Uh, you, know. you never see the man in black. You just see his boots and his trench See, I thought, I thought this was the one where you see Mike Myers. I know in the first one you don't you see him without the mask. But I thought in 5 that you actually see this him. This is probably the one... It, it, uh, the other he one has is, a different mask on. And for some reason has a 10-minute driving scene. Remember, he's yes. driving with a different mask. Well, on. and that, what's funny is there's that scene where they. So basically, at the end of the other movie, she kills. She kills, but she does it after she touches him. Yeah, she touches hands with him for a second, and that's supposedly what establishes a link. If you follow, try to follow through all these movies, once they're linked, basically he she has a connection. She can see, he can see, blah blah. Um, that's a common cliche thing. It's been done before in other movies. But this is when it tried to really start... But when they think... When they... Never mind. Keep it, going. This is when it tried to start to go more supernatural, which right. is what, as as Chad was saying earlier, is what every other horror movie had done. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Until that point, it was implied, but this is when it started to really beat people over the head. Hey, he's not which, human. That's hey, what... Not human. And that's what Child's Play did correctly, is they started with the supernatural right out the gate. Well, so did Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. Shut up. <laughs> Except do they bring up that he's an Incan dream warrior anyway? I don't know. So anyway, <laughs> Five has this whole thing. It's weird. At the end, why she she can't yeah. talk through most of the movie. She's mute. Yeah, she, yeah, she's mute. Um, and this was the one that I said I would get to this. It was originally, it was it's kicked the, back it, as rated X. It is the, oh, is this the, what's the rated X? This was the one that they was rated X. They all had to have X. cuts for the most this part. Was the super, this was this, the Superman 4 of the Halloween series. This was where they <laughs> threw so much six. gore at the screen. And if you go oh, yeah, back right. and skip the ones in the middle, watch one and then watch this, it literally is. It's piling on blood. Because you have something that's very subtle, very nuanced, and then you have gore, 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 gore. Um, speaking of which, by the way, it, it came up on one of the special features for Halloween 5. Uh, it wasn't mentioned on the special Is this my box features. set that you supposedly bought for um, me? Well, yeah, I had to check and make sure it worked. Do you know they were originally going to do Halloween 2 in 3D, and it was just too expensive? It was too expensive, yeah. yeah but yet yeah. they did Friday the 13th. Yeah, 3 no, that's, But yeah, anyway, that's, that's too so that came Everybody up with the Halloween 5, Halloween 5 special features, and they said, we, we could have done this one in 3D, but we spent it on blood. Yep. So, Halloween 6. Oh, my God. It makes no sense. It's yes. directed by Joe Chappelle. Joe Chappelle also gave us another brilliant film called Phantoms. And if you've ever seen, Jay, bomb, yo. if you've ever seen Jay and Silent Bob Strive Back, back. Yo, Ben Affleck, Phantoms. 
Phantoms of the Bomb. Oh. Um, this was the film that had the most reshoots. Well, yeah. And when they went back to reshoot some some of the scenes, there was one missing person. Who was it, James? I don't know, Joe. Is Who it, would it, that have been? Donald Pleasance. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, this is, and this was Donald Pleasance's last, last movie. film, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. He died before they did the reshoots. Yeah. Yeah. So they had to reshoot around him. The way the movie sets, the theatrical cut... Makes no sense no. whatsoever. Mike Myers is now a Celtic. Is a Celtic god. Oh, I'll read it off. Absolutely. Yeah, he, is, no. he, he has to kill his family. This is he a has curse. to kill his That's curse. why it's the curse, you see, of oh, Michael Myers. God. So it is Thorn. It's the cult of Thorn. Thorn cult. Thorn. It, yes, yes, absolutely. And the symbol on his wrist is a real Celtic uh -huh. symbol that has nothing to do with a cult. But. Did you know Peter Jackson was asked to direct it? No. That oh, do you know who else was going to direct it? No. Fred Walton. Do you know Fred Walton? No. Fred Walton would have been the person who gave us April Fool's Day. Oh, well. And, um, what was his other movie? Crap. Godfather. Uh, he, he Goodfellas. Did a, no, he did horror movies. And so he did April Fool's Day. And, oh, When a Stranger Calls. Goodfellas is a horror movie. When a Stranger Calls. So he was originally going to direct as well. And for some reason, I think I know why, Fred Walton... Who did April Fool's Day and when a stranger calls said, you know, I'm gonna go ahead and step away from this. <laughs> so there was a lot of fighting between the producer and the director in the studio. This is when the Weinsteins got it, it was released through Merrimax. They they outbid a New Line Cinema for it actually. Wow. Yeah. So it it could have been at the House of Freddy. Yeah. Which is interesting to me. Leatherface was already there, Jason was there for a while and and they already had Freddy. So the guy that wrote it, his name was David Ferens, and he was a huge fan. He actually has done several documentaries. He did research when he was writing the script of the whole family tree of all the movies and tried to inc incorporate all that into his screenplay and then explain the supernatural part. Problem is, guess what happens in Hollywood? Now, for you all who don't know this, if to blame a movie... I can't remember who said this, but I think it's brilliant. To blame a movie sucking on the screenwriter is like blaming it on the key grip. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because it passes through so, so many So it passes hands. through so many hands, so many things change, so many things change on set. We've made short films. We know a lot about how movies are made. We all agree on this, right? To yeah. blame the screenwriter oh, yeah. is basically like if yelling at the key grip. If you pull the first draft or the first quote-unquote complete draft mm -hmm. we have done for anything even the stuff that i was only marginally and that's to. us yeah and that's only having to go through us the Can third degree was being rewritten at uh, third degree murder virgin was being rewritten at the end and then the, we and then had, we went back and reshot things well and then on top of that you had these actors mm -hmm. who wanted to Ad lib, usually actually to the benefit, but 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 it you know it's like oh I had just wrote a line where you're gonna say something really dark and you just cracked a joke that's better than what I wrote. Yeah, we got around with that. We got around with that. But so, anyway, he did a lot of documentaries about this. He's actually making an am another am oh my god another Amityville. Oh. Yeah, that's what we need. I know this lamp, boys, is cursed. I'm telling you, a, a, but, lane, a lame ghost story about a, uh, that's based on a story that really didn't happen. I've seen the I've seen the ending for the producer's cut. Now this is one of those that's famous for having a producer's cut of the original. Yeah. They call it the producer's cut because it was the cut of how it would have originally looked, how the producer wanted it to look. It supposedly makes more sense. James, did you watch the producer's cut? 
It's on that box set. I've been told of this box set that it you is, said you bought me that we haven't gotten yet. I watched whatever was on the automatically played DVD. Up so probably way. the theatrical. Yeah, I would assume it. Uh, because the one that I watched is the one that ends ambiguously. And Donald Pleasance is in a scene and then it's gone. Yeah. Uh, well, the, and it ends. The, the ending that is on the one that automatically plays is... Basically, they go, they're getting ready to leave, and they tell Dr. Loomis, hey, come with us. And he says, I'm not done yet. And he gives us kind of a wry smile. And then he walks back in. The music see, plays. And you see the mask. Yeah. And you. That's the theatrical. And part. then you see, and basically what had happened before was, and again, this drives on the point, hey, he's not human. Because earlier he had been beat, and green mucusy stuff comes out of the eye holes. And then, but you just see the mask, and you hear Loomis scream, and then it's done. And it you sucks. Never find out what happens. Paul Rudd's it's is it Paul Rudd's first film? I don't know if it's his first film, but he's in it. He's in it. I don't know if it's that or Clueless, but Paul Rudd's in it. It's a terrible movie. Yeah. I don't know that the, the the I watched the ending of the producer's cut. I don't know that it helps it, it helps it, but it's one of those. It's things, still a it, bad movie. It's kind of we've talked about this before, but the two versions of the Exorcist prequel. Uh, which what were those two? Uh, it's the, the Exorcist, Exorcist, the beginning, and the Exorcist. Uh, it's not uh, Legion, but no, yeah. But anyway, go ahead. Both both those movies. It's one of those things. We could that, do a whole episode on that. Well, yeah. and I, it's one of my favorite reviews of all time because originally the one I didn't get released didn't get released. The one and they that, went back and redid a whole other movie. The Exorcist, the beginning, did get released. I saw it in theaters, and it was all right. All right it's this was his first stupid, film. stupid, fun. stupid fun. Uh, but then it was like, oh, if only we would have saw the one that we were promised. And then it came out. We saw it and we were like, no, they're about the same. They're about, yeah. I mean, the acting's good because of, uh, yeah. but no. Imagine so, being Paul Rudd off a of hit movie like Clueless. And then his follow-up. Isn't that Halloween 6? Yeah. Halloween 6. Uh, my career's ruined. So, that's about all the time. Do you do you do we need to talk about H2O or Resurrection? Uh, you know, the thing I, about H2O and Resurrection is this is when they Resurrection's did, a bad movie. But this is when they finally just went, you know what? We're we're embracing it. Continuity doesn't matter. Yeah. Movies are movies. And they put Buster Rhymes in. I don't um, care that HTO H2O has Jamie Lee Curtis back. It does nothing for the movie in my Opinion. No, when it does the it's entire, she faked her death. What it's really, a ripoff of Scream. Kevin Williamson's executive producer supposedly was one of the writers, and then actually I did find this out. They his script he wrote was so close to a script that a guy named Robert Zappia had already written that the Writers Guild wouldn't give him credit. Oh. There's a funny the story about this. Though, executive there, producer. Um, for diehard Halloween fans that read all version of Halloween stuff, you, you all may know this. There was a comic book that was made. Not too long ago, based on Halloween. And what the author did was kind of, and I don't know the author, it'd be hilarious if it's the guy that you were talking about that's, that has done all these documentaries. He went back and he actually looked at the family, he looked at all of that stuff, and he wrote the backstory of her faking her death. Yeah. And that actually got a lot of attention within that realm because it was so well done about she, she's recreating herself and it did the psychological profile of Lori. That's true. Cool. And that was actually interesting. Uh, but uh, I think real quick we do have to touch on the Rob Zombie ones. I mean, I I actually think Halloween Rob Zombies, I actually like it. I like I the do. first one. I like the I first one. I, I think, Halloween, his Halloween 2 is damn near unwatchable. I think yeah. the people, one reason people struggle with it though, having marathoned all these, is Dr. Loomis. 
Yeah, no, that's Malcolm totally McDowell's different. Dr. Loomis is a money-grubbing... Totally different. And it's such a complete different character. So if you love Dr. Loomis, and once you watch all the Donald Pleasants, he, God, he's fascinating. I, I disagree with both of you, because that's not the main problem people have with Rob Zombie's Halloween. But, but I, think, <coughs> I think it's one of the problems. It's I one of... The main problem is the fact that they gave Mike Myers an origin story. I agree. And you made and it made him relatable. Yeah, I agree. Or I agree. in the first one, he's just a vehicle of rage for no reason. No reason. I agree. He, I, I you're not supposed true. to you're not supposed to have sympathy for somebody who's going around murdering teenagers. I agree. I think you're right. That's the problem. They gave him a backstory. In fact, half that film is giving him yeah, a backstory. And you feel sorry for him. I, and I you think, legitimately feel sorry for this man, this and, kid. And the problem, uh, Danny Trejo told this story. What was? Were you there when he was talking about that in the original cut that he had to go back because he plays his caretaker, right? Yes. They had to go back and reshoot in the original cut. He didn't kill him, and Rob Zombie called him up and said, "We're going to. Ha- sorry, man, we're going to bring you in." He goes, "Yeah, I kind of assumed because it basically him not killing Danny Trejo gives him a soul. You basically sympathize with Michael Myers, and they just they couldn't do it. Yeah. Why? I don't even know why Rob Zombie didn't pick up on it. Yeah." Well, I think the other part about that is, and I think um, Rob Zombie is a director in and of himself. Um, he, yeah. Is, is, it's an experience. Yeah. However you feel about the film. So real quick, what I will say, Halloween 2, Rob Zombie's Halloween 2, horrible, horrible movie, interesting visuals, should never have been called Halloween. Call it A Haunted World of Super uh, Beasto Part 2. Call, uh, he, you know who he looks like? He looks like Rob Zombie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He dressed him up to look like Rob Zombie. So, so again, I, the, the second one is terrible, but there are visuals that are great. Like, God, if yeah. I like the idea of her being close every, to being a crazy and crazy pro- as a family. Yeah, so I didn't have a problem with the backstory. I, I, I kind of like that, but at the same time, I understand why people were pissed. Then, you know, two just blows everything out of the water. And you make Mike Myers talk. Yeah. But and I, you shouldn't make Mike Myers talk. I think Mike it, Myers is just this. He keeps saying Mike Myers. Mike Myers is hilarious. I Have you ever seen him do one of those Austin Powers? You ever seen that Glorious Bastards? He's hilarious in that. Anyway, so, so I've got to end it here. Do you have something else to say? No. No, Go I ahead. no. I'm good. Haley's giving me. I'm still. Look. I'm still shocked that Spam's an acronym. Halloween, but no. I, I, we'll see what the next Halloween movie does. I do think, though, having marathoned all of these. It actually did give me more appreciation for what we have talked about. Yeah. That he does work best. And there is something that's more relatable to him, even though we're not supposed to, than Jason and all of those yeah, others. Yeah, I agree. All right. Well, that's been our Halloween episode. I hope you enjoyed it, Miranda, because we only did it for you. James is your boyfriend. It's all for you, Damien. It's, it's all, all for you. you. Thank you so much. That was our Halloween episode. Please follow us on boneheadhumor.com. Go to YouTube. Go to iTunes. Really, email us in show just suggestions. Yeah, show suggestions. Yeah, we please love them. tweet us. If we, you can't see the whiteboard where these are ep- possible future episodes, we have fourteen. Actually, it says fifteen, but we just killed one. We have fourteen episodes yeah. in that ready to go. So, and but um, we also would love to do what you want to do. They said they wanted Halloween. Look at what we did. Maybe you want to do an episode where I just lecture for an hour. That'd be cool. Yeah. And if it's stupid, we'll just tell you. One thing Joe didn't mention. <laughs> When you go to YouTube, when you go to SoundCloud, when you go to iTunes, look for Bonehead Humor. Yeah. That's how you find us. Sorry. And if you're already listening to us, 
You don't need to know that. But rate us. Congratulations. Please, and rate, rate us. us. Comment. Do something. Share us with your friends. We're whores. We didn't get gold stars as children, and we are scarred because of it. We're nerds who are... We only got the purple ribbons, people. We're Z-grade nerds. You got purple ribbons? Oh, oh God. God. Here we go. Anyway, thank you so much. This has been Bonehead Humor for, on behalf of all of us. Peace. Toodles. See you later. Peace, toodles. See you later. Doodles, scoodles, madoodles. That didn't even make any sense. I love ramen noodles. I really don't like ramen noodles. Tasteless crap is what they are. That just breaks something.